Today, our community, once a year, we have a day, what is called Day of Atonement and Reconciliation. And it is around the October 24th. October 24th was the day of our foundation as a community, 350 years ago, thereabout, or close to it. And, and so what we have is, is a special day in which we are to look at ourselves and look at our own limitation, sinfulness, and ask God for his pardon, ask God for his peace, a day to reconcile with one another. So it's an invitation to live out the gospel more faithfully. And why would we do that? Because of sin. Why would we do that? Because of, we know that in each one of our hearts, there's a type of law, as St. Paul would say, a law that seems to introduce things which are not truly of God, the law of sin within our hearts. You know, and St. Paul was, was very clear, you know, the, um, he spoke of the sin of Adam as being the cause, the problem, the difficulty, that sin that was introduced by our first parents. And it was a sin of distrust of God, a sin of pride that we do want to go. And we wish to attain salvation, or if you want to call it, if we wish to, we wish to attain to be God and without God. That's one of those things that seems to be very much a truth that keeps lingering, and, and we, we know that the original sin is still with us. You know, we still try to make laws, um, whether they're, you know, uh, following the gospel or even completely against it. We, we created laws, for example, of ending uh, life in the un, of the unborn, and we call it okay, we call it good. So we do many things which are still showing that we know something better. We know that we can kind of determine and create something that would be good, um, even if it is against God's commandments. And, and so here that original sin is still with us and manifests itself in our own, sometimes just wishing to do whatever we wish to do without even looking whether this is okay or not, because I want it. And for St. Paul, it was something that he spoke very clearly. And he said, you know, there's something within us. No one can serve um, a, a type of, a, you, know, a, you know, type of disorders within us without, without not having, not being affected by it. So, so what it is, if we choose some form of idol, we will hurt and harm ourselves. If we don't choose God as our, the one that we should follow, then we'll hurt and harm ourselves. If we choose anything, if you choose you know, uh, comfort, if you choose any form of sexual type of, of pursuits of happiness, ultimately they will backfire on us. If you pursue even or follow the path of you know, wishing to, to um, you know, be well fed, whatever it is, you know, we, we may, but we may hurt ourselves in the process. Uh, so, it is, so whatever it is in us that we wish to serve, because this is how St. Paul would say, ultimately we, we serve 
and we can serve goals or objectives or people or our own disorders in such a way which will harm and hurt us. And so this is why he emphasizes so much. And you know, and, and for, for St. Paul is this type of avarice, which is like one of the key, key elements of, of, uh, of, uh, of the destruction, destructive aspects of us, avarice or covet, covetousness, something we desire and we pursue. It seems like we're never happy, you know, I, you know, I, I know that uh, the advertising industry knows this. For example, there's always a new version of something. There's always a new version of something. Always, and we want to have the latest, we want to have this. Always, we want to have something that will seem to feel like we're going to be happy if we're going to have that. But we're still not happy. We're still not happy. And so, so this, this type of craving, you know, which is within us, which St. Paul would say, you know, this type of, you know, this type of avarice or, or covetousness, whatever we want to call it, because there are different names, but it's this driving, this being driven. For St. Paul would say, you know, be driving for possessions is more and more, driving for something is more and more, and it seems like we're not happy. And St. Augustine would say that, based on this teaching of St. Paul, he would say, because, you know, he says, God, you made us for yourself. You created us because we wish and desire to be God, to be like God. We have this desire. But, but if we choose anything but God, we will harm ourselves. And so St. Augustine would say, God, you chose us for yourself, or you made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And so here it is. You know, it's this, this, this being, being driven. I was looking at, as I was kind of thinking and reflecting on this reading, and you know, Hitler wanted to have more possessions. You know, there's 82 million Germans at that time, and he says there's too much, too many, too many people. There are other countries which are less populated. So he wanted to go, this Drachna Holsten, as he came up with this phrase, go to the east because there's more lands there and there's not as many people. So you have to have Lebensraum, you know, the you know, room for, for Germans at that time. And, and, you know, he pursued this path and look what he did with this sort of drive, this drive. He wanted to drive to the east so that he can have everything. He can have, you know, go, go to the, where Ukraine is so he'll have oil and he'll have fuel. You go to the east, you have more land, which means there'll be more food. And because of that, you know, and, and, and Enos says, well, you know, the Aryan race is the higher race, so therefore, you know, everybody else should be subservient to them, and so on. This was his concept of how to pursue. Just think of the damage that he did. Just think of the damage and the destruction. You know, uh, how many millions of people died, the suffering, all the things which was unleashed by this one man's desire, and, 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 but he prepared a whole group for himself. Again, you know, St. Paul says, if you don't choose and serve God, then you choose something else. So before, before even he became chancellor, he established called Hitler Jugend, young people, who will be formed in a ways of his own thinking, you know, where they will choose any means to attain whatever they wish including violent means. This is contrary to the very principle of Christianity. 
And so he created youth. And so St. Paul says, you, you pursue a particular group. You, you try to fulfill something which is not of God, and then you bring destruction. So he brought, he formed this whole group, which eventually were, were the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the people who were his own henchmen. You know, from bringing them as, as young people and then eventually became members and leaders of Gestapo. I mean, I, I know that I shouldn't be using just one example because it's not, we, all, we are human beings and when we pursue something, instead of pursuing, pursuing the good, see what happens to, to that. And St. Paul would say precisely, is that greatest sin is this pursuit of something more and more, desire more and more, whatever it may be. And we know this is where addictions come from. You overdo it and you have it. You know, you know where does the cravings come? You know, I, I watch myself. If I have some sweets too early in the morning and then the sweets seem to keep on producing more desire and more desire, you ate a meal and you still are hungry. And it seems like, you know, re reduce the sugar and you won't have it. Maybe Italians are great because they give you a piece of cheese at the end of a meal. Seems like it's a better way of doing things. Uh, once again, you know, I'm not saying, you know, here that this is what we're supposed to do, but the fact is that we experience it. And experience, you know, whether if somebody goes on a path of, you know, you know, the, the pornographic addictions, the same thing. Where does it lead to worse and worse type of enslavement? And so St. Paul says, watch what you're, whom you're serving, because you enslave yourself. Because there's no such thing as either God or the other side. There's no such thing as neutral position. There's no such thing. Ultimately, there's no neutral position. So, so, so therefore, St. Paul says, if you wish, serve the Lord. Serve God, whose freedom. God is our freedom. Serve God, because he's love. So you'll be at the service of love. God, serve God because he's mercy. So you'll be at the service of mercy. So God is the one, the God who is able to give us that freedom, love. He is able to give us these gifts because otherwise we'll use and choose something else and which ultimately will bring destruction. In the same way, you know, a very small example, but I see how much people suffer. Betrayal of a husband or wife. What does it breed? Separation, divorce, broken families, everything that go there. How does it start? St. Paul says, because you're, you're seeking something which you shouldn't have, but you're driving and you're gonna have it. You don't care, or at least you're so blinded by it. And so this is what happens. You know, uh, it's, it's very simple. You know, we, we go to college, and then we're, we're so affected by, by the secularism and we embrace a philosophy of secularism. And what happens to, to you as a person? What happens to people? And, you know, and, and so you pursue it, disregarding everything else, you have a different way because you still, your heart is captured. Once your heart is captured to whatever it may be, that, that all of a sudden you become the servant of that. St. Paul says, because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Choose life. The gift of God is eternal life and our harmony here on earth, because blessed are those who have faith in God. Blessed are those who hope in him, who have confidence in him. And finally today, you know, the gospel itself, 
it is, it is something powerful when we hear on one hand Jesus, he says, how I wish to set the earth on fire. I don't think he means regular fire. It's the fire of love. How I wish to set this world on fire. And I am already anxious in, in bringing forth that reality of that fire of God's love and mercy. I am already anxious because there's a baptism with which I must be baptized, the baptism of the crucifixion, baptism of resurrection, ba baptism of suffering and yet same glory. So how I'd wish that I would set this earth on fire. John Paul II would say, work and desire to bring forth civilization of love, not the civilization of death, because right now what we do is, is, is we promote civilization of death. The unborn children may not be coming at the right time, so we have to eliminate them. Uh, you know, people who want to somehow confront us with, with some, other, some other truth, perhaps even good things, we want to cancel them, just drop them off. Whatever it is, it's, it's like not in terms of wishing to help, but it's actually wanting to serve ourselves. What serves me and, and ultimately me, if my number one is me, then we know what happens. That person will drive everybody away, friends and all. Because no one wants to be around people who, are, who just see themselves as number one and work and serve only themselves. This is not, it's not possible. The greatness comes from serving as Jesus speaks today, serving the mission of, the mission of Christ, how, how I have come to set the earth on fire. And the problem with that is that when we choose God, sometimes we become divided in the families. I, you know, I, I heard someone just recently say, I can't say it. I can say these things to, to my brother that he'll be more faithful because I know he won't listen to me. And you, you immediately kind of turn me off. You don't want to have anything to do with me. Uh, and it happens. It happens. I, I, I know that sometimes it's the children that bring faith to their parents. I have seen more cases right now than, than the other way around. Why? You know, it should be the other way around. Because we were so affected by 1960s and 70s and 80s and whatever it is, we're so affected that we, we have become so lukewarm in faith, became so indifferent to things. You know, for us, you know, whatever serves me, whatever I feel like doing and is good for me, you know, there's no such things as public sin anymore. There's no more even, there's not even private sin. Uh, I mean, there's private sin, I meant, but, but there's no awareness that private sin also causes harm because that's what we have. So today we're asked and invited by our, our Lord is to really look at ourselves again, perhaps do something like a good examination of conscience, which we need to do every day if we wish to be very faithful, to look at ourselves, what should I do and what I shouldn't do because it's not just not doing it, but doing something which is positive. I love the catechism of the Catholic Church when they, when, if you ever look at it, if you see the commandments. And so the commandments is not just what thou shall not do, but what do we do with the opposite? 
in order to, to build ourselves, to strengthen ourselves, so that we may be able to not only withstand the trials and temptations of, 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 of both our human broken nature, the sinful nature, but also what we can do in the opposite direction, what we can do. And I think this is the, this is the only way to look at it because then otherwise we just say, well, I can't do this, I can't do that. But what can I do? And this is what Jesus says today, I wish to set the world on fire with, 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 with divine love, with, with divine mercy, forgiveness. I wish to set this world on fire so that people can be reconciled with one another. I wish to set this world on fire so they have hope of eternal glory. They'll live for the future, not just for today. But what will, will help me to be in heaven rather than here on earth? And then separation from God, separation for, from love for all eternity, separation of those who love us. It's not possible to live otherwise. So maybe then today through this sacred liturgy, through this Eucharistic liturgy, which reconciled us with God, because Jesus offered his life for us, that we may be united with him, that we may have clear vision and understanding of what to do, what to avoid, that we may also have this clear vision how we can be reconciled with one another, because sometimes it's so difficult, wounds of divisions, wounds of past, uh, sins, resentments, they've grown, overgrown. It's so hard for us to let go because we are so wounded that through this Eucharist, through the Word of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we may be able to see clearly what to do, how to follow the Lord and receive ultimate reward, which is life of glory, life of eternal happiness. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.